The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back to Superwoman Wellness. On every episode of this show, we are going to uncover the secrets to being superpowered and being the superwoman that you're meant to be. Joining me today is author Sarah Ann Shockley. She is the author of The Light at the Center of Pain, Messages of Hope and Renewal for People in Chronic Pain. Sarah is the author of this amazing book, and in the fall of 2007, she contracted thoracic outlet syndrome, which is a collapse of the area between the clavicles and the first ribs, and she has lived with a debilitating nerve pain ever since. She didn't. She got, found little relief from traditional and alternative healing modalities, so she developed her own approach to living with chronic pain, and I could not be more honored to share her story today on the show. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. And I also didn't mention that you're a producer as well, and you've directed a number of educational films. So you have quite an experience in storytelling. We can't wait to hear your story of chronic pain, sort of what happened to you and what that has taught you and the message you really want to give to the audience. Thank you. I think it's really important. It's not our favorite topic to be talking about pain, but it's so important and it's so prevalent right now in so many people's lives. It is absolutely prevalent. You know, I was just flipping through headlines the other day and the opioid crisis just continues to spiral out of control with more and more people originally going on pain medications from simple procedures or from an injury or things like that, but then becoming more and more dependent on pain medication because we don't have a lot of answers to managing pain. So both when we look at what's going on in the news to what's going on individually with people, this is an issue that is not talked about enough. And so tell us a little bit about you know, how how your pain came about, how you've managed it, what you've learned as you've navigated the system. It looks like you sought both conventional and alternative modalities and didn't really get anywhere from either one. Give us a little glimpse yeah. into your world and, and what happened. Yeah, um, in the fall of 2007, so it's been a while now that I've been dealing with this, I contracted thoracic outlet syndrome, which um, is a collapse between the clavicles and the first rib. So, in that little area, which is already kind of narrow, there's nerve ganglia, muscles from the neck, and veins and arteries. And when that area collapses, it's a structural collapse, um, those things all get squeezed and compressed, and it's extremely painful. And people have this to varying degrees. Mine was uh, very, very severe and on both sides of my body. So it led to a lot of debilitation in, in the arms and hands and a lot of pain in the neck and, un, you know, unable to move my neck mm-hmm. from side to side. I could barely walk very well. I was kind of leaning forward and just pain all through the head and, and it goes eventually goes down through the whole body and into the feet. So it's a lot of that burning nerve pain plus deep aching and it's really intense um, as anybody who's had it will know. Right. And it, um, it came on seemingly overnight. Of course, these things um, take some time to develop, but I didn't know what was happening. For me, it came from computer use. Um, mm. I'm almost six feet tall and I was working with a small little like mini keyboard and not understanding that I was in probably micro ways, but over time collapsing the upper part of my body by doing that. So I was a single mom. I was the one who was, uh, you know, bringing in the money and taking care of things. And all of a sudden, boom, virtually for me, it was overnight from one day I'm functioning and the next day in awful pain and barely able to move. And it's, uh, it's an astonishing thing when that happens. Um, you know, I know that listeners have very various things that have happened in their lives probably yeah. that are similar in terms of just 
one day you're the one who's handling everything and the next day you're not. You're not able to do almost anything. So it's a shock. I want to stop you. you I want to stop you for just a second because I am still trying to wrap my head around the fact that this happened due to computer use, because I think so many people today are on a computer for hours, maybe in wrong positioning, wrong posture, and have no inkling or thought that, sure, we're going to have like neck pain or shoulder pain or tense muscles and a massage or a session of acupuncture may take care of that, but not to the point that you're going to get thoracic outlet syndrome and then end up with debilitating nerve pain. You know, were there warning signs along the way? Are there things that you ignored because you were, again, powering through like so many women do today? Or is it, was yes it just... No, yeah. Tell me it's, a little um, bit about it's, that. It's a sneaky thing. It doesn't, I had some pains a few months before it came full on, but they weren't pains that I could readily trace to computer use. I had, um, I, uh, the first thing I noticed is I woke up with my left arm totally numb, you know, like tingly numb, like asleep. Right. Yeah. And thinking I slept on it strangely and it happened again. I thought, you know, oh, people talk about heart, you know, but I'm very mm-hmm. healthy. Like, what? What's that? And then it went away. And then um, some weeks later, I got a pain in my left elbow and um, thought, oh, well, I'd been doing some yoga at the time. Was I doing, was I, oh, hyperextending? You know, was I doing something strange? So it, you don't, it's not always something that, that makes sense to you um, in terms of the little signs that come up. And then honestly, that was about it. There wasn't a whole bunch else. And then right before it came on, I noticed my hands started to feel kind of tingly on the computer and I stopped immediately. I said, uh oh, mm, something's going on mm-hmm. here. I get it. Something's happening with the computer. So um so it it gave me some signs but not a lot that I was able to relate. Um I think the most important thing for listeners to know is to just be really aware of how long you're sitting at a computer, that it be set up ergonomically and you can mm-hmm. check that. You know, people can Google what is a proper setup. But mine was I was I was um, keeping my hands too close together. I was on a like a mini keyboard, not even a normal size one. Wow. So and so that's really important. And also where the screen is, if you can, you want your screen to be more on eye level. A lot of times we're having problems because we're using laptops a lot and we're we're bending down our neck down a lot. So that area is getting kind of crunched in, and we're using a small keyboard. So you know, really being aware of getting yourself set up well and resting, you know, taking breaks a lot and pulling your shoulders back and opening that area often, you know, stopping while you're working and doing that. I was, you know, powering through because I was a single mom. So I worked. Right. I got up in the morning. I went to work. I came, you know, from nine to three, I was part time and I didn't take much of a break in there. And then oh, I went wow. to pick up my son. So I was doing, you know, probably an unusual stint as well. Well, ladies out there, I hope you guys are listening and taking notes from her as to how the most you know, most, and I don't want to say mundane, but a task that we sort of take for granted, which is being on the computer that everybody is on nowadays can lead to this issue. So you end up in chronic pain and then you're looking for answers. What happens next? What did you find? What did you learn? You know, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, um, I was fortunate to find a neurologist that understood what this condition is. Sometimes people don't get diagnosed for some time. Not all doctors are aware of, of the, symptoms and what to look for and um we there was there's only a few things to work with if you if you've got it on a light version then there's some exercises you can do but we did an MRI scan and and he said wow no wonder everything you do makes you worse it was just such mm-hmm. such a bad you know it'd gone so far for me 
but I did try some physical therapy uh, with people that knew about uh, what we call in short TOS. Um, and it just, everything we did made it worse. Uh, it's a strange condition where, because it's got inflammation, the nerves get very inflamed and the tissues get very swollen and inflamed. And, and you know, when you use your arms, you're constantly working that, that area. It's, it's constantly collapsing and opening and closing and opening. And so everything that I did in terms of reaching or pulling or twisting, just even in the smallest movements would be exacerbating the condition itself. So it was kind of like stop, stop everything. And mm-hmm. that's really hard for somebody who's active and also somebody who has to, you know, make sure their kid's taken care of. So um, we tried some, also some pharmaceuticals as part of the healing path just to see what might help. I'm not personally big on taking medications if I can right. help it. Um, right. I tend to go the natural route. But I did that, you know, as part of the disability process too. You're supposed to show that you're, you know, open to everything. But those, not only did they not really help the pain, they, they brought on nausea and dizziness and more, right. even more insomnia. More they were, you know, side effects. Not, yeah, we're actually worse than just living with the pain. So I, what I found I had to do was just get really quiet. And I found that stress and trying to muscle through it, as we often do with so many things, mm-hmm. was totally counterproductive. And, you know, there's some things, short-term pains, like you sprain an ankle, and sometimes walking on it and moving it is actually helpful, even though it's painful. You know, you kind of get the blood flowing. This was not one of those things. It just wasn't helped by trying to move through it. Hmm. And, um, yeah, so I spent the first part of the, you know, the first year I thought I was going to get better, of course. You know, right. I'll, I'll just keep going. I'll just live through this and um, do the best I can. And I used walking as my main physical therapy to just keep the body moving a little bit. But sometimes I could hardly walk, you know, a block and hmm. I was done. So uh, it's very challenging to, and I know some listeners will relate to this, when you have a condition that doesn't let you do much with it, you know, when, you, when you're when you just getting out of bed is a challenge or, or taking a shower is a challenge or trying right. to open a jar is a challenge. How do you heal from that? You know, how do you be with that? And our first response tends to be to fight it. You know, we sense we're gonna we're gonna fight through this. We're gonna get to the other mm-hmm. side. And I think that's a good spirit to have. But what we tend to do is instead of um, using that energy to kind of let's find a way through this, we often use it as a way to push against what's happening. You know, push against the pain. And I did not find that to be the most beneficial way to be. Um, the more I pushed against it, the more I contracted in the body, the more, you know, we tend to kind of clamp down on the pain. And that's not always the most healing thing for the body. You know, we right. that contraction, that tightness and that stress, we don't even realize we're doing it. Um, so I started working with very, because I couldn't really work with um, physical therapy very well, and I really didn't have much to go on. I started working with very, very kind of small things. For example, I thought, well, can I meditate? Maybe I can meditate and it'll help the pain. And when I started trying to meditate, it actually felt worse because sitting still was not good for this condition and breathing deeply didn't feel very good. And Mm -hmm. I can't even meditate. But in the process of, of trying, I began to notice my breath. And in noticing my breath, I became aware that I was holding it a lot. Huh. And I was breathing in a very shallow way, in a very constricted way. And I thought, oh, wow, I, I'm i trying.
trying to hold my breath a lot to stop the pain. If I, hmm. you know, when we first, when we first meet pain, we often do that. We go, <gasps> you know, we pull in and we hold, and then we keep the breath in. You know, right. obviously we're breathing in and out somehow, but we're, we're doing that kind of uh, holding thing. And, you know, as you well know, we need the breath to move through the body in order to be alive, of course, and also in order to heal, to heal the tissues and let everything flow. So I started working with the very simple thing of, of noticing my breath and uh, beginning to understand that I was not only holding it, but also in a way, strangely, trying to make a wall of breath almost, like like pushing, you know, if I could not breathe into the pain, maybe I wouldn't have to feel it, you know, so you kind of begin to sep- try to separate yourself from the pain in your body. I started to look at all those ways of being with pain right? and how much I was resisting it, which was, which is a natural kind of response to pain. Yeah. We, we resist it. Right. But I wasn't finding that was healing me. Yeah. So I thought, what if I turned that on its head? What if instead of resisting and not breathing and not feeling it, I did something that seemed really counterintuitive at the time, but what if I turned toward it in the sense of, okay, pain's here. I'm not getting rid of it. This was about after the first year or so. I went, wow, it's staying. It's not going. That was a shock. Hmm. I'm not getting better. So what do I do here with this thing that's already here? Do I keep resisting it, keep pushing, keep you know tightening up, or do I try something else? And so I found that, and it took time and one of the ways I discovered this was, was as I said, um, beginning to work with meditation, but also beginning to write about how I was feeling about being in pain and what it was, how it was affecting me emotionally. And that began to also um, allow me to soften around it and release some of the acuteness of it by just relaxing a bit, even though, again, it's so counterintuitive. Who wants to relax around pain? You right. Might be like, Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Right. It's almost like so, childbirth, um, right? With childbirth, uh, like you uh, have yeah. to sort of breathe into the intense pain that you're having. And when yes. the women that are able yeah. to do that have just this incredible birth experience. So I see it as, as very similar. Like you're trying to breathe. It's so fascinating because I have so many chronic pain patients, you know, that I really struggle with. Like, let's do this. Let's try acupuncture. Let's try yeah. this anti-inflammatory that's oh, natural. Let's yeah. do CBD. Let's, you know, I have my running list of let's, yes. let's, let's. And even for me yeah. as a practitioner, like, let's just breathe into it, embrace it, not resist yeah. it. And yeah. can that help? Can you find the pain threshold lowering? Can you find it diminishing? What have you yeah. seen? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. For myself and for so many of my readers, um, it's, it is, again, it's not what we first go to. It's, it's counterintuitive. The first thing we go to is is try to end it, try to stop it. And we and we try all these different um, methodologies and treatments and things to end the pain. And what I found was what can be most healing is to first, like the first thing we do isn't necessarily to try to end it, even though we might want to mitigate it with some medications if we need to or do something to ease it so we can sleep, so we can, you know, just get through mm-hmm. the day. But But to put our attention first on how do I be with it? Why is it here? What is it asking for? To kind of, in a sense, again, turning towards it, and instead of instead of fighting it and pu- punching at it, and how do I how do I get rid of you? How do I stop you? How do I end this? Right. To say, well, why are you here? Let's let's start with that, and what can I learn from you? And how are you here? You know, again, and I, I mm-hmm. like your analogy with with labor because to just one of the first steps I have found in healing pain 
and I've come a long way with it, is to first be with it, to allow mm-hmm. yourself to be with it. That's really hard to do. That's not the thing we want to do first. Right. So again, if you need something to help you do that, that's fine. But to um, to imagine you're sitting with pain rather than facing off with it, if that makes sense. You know, instead of being on that line, that battleground right. with it, say, right. okay, you're here, I'm here, I don't want you here, I, I don't know why you're here, you know, but let's find out why you're here. You're a signal from my body, so there's some reason I need to listen, and um in a sense, to begin to change that sense about what pain is, it's um, instead of it as an enemy, something that we hate, we're taught to, you know, end pain immediately, to not like it, to fight it, but to say, well, there's a reason. And maybe pain can be an ally. Maybe pain can teach me something. Obviously, and it's here to, to tell me something. And in a sense, it is the voice or the feeling of part of me that's trying to heal. Mm-hmm. So if I can change my... Ma, the way I imagine it from this horrible thing that's attacking me to, oh, this is something trying to get my attention. Maybe the attention I want to give it isn't to punch it in the face and to be really angry at it. Maybe I need to do that for a little while, but then maybe the attention I really need to give it is something softer and kinder. Because, you know, pain is part of us in the sense it's not right. all of us, but it's, it's part of us trying to say something. Hello, help, mm. help. I need right. help Right, it's a here. warning sign. So I found, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and, um, for both the person in pain and practitioners, it can be really helpful, as you were alluding to earlier, to allow the person to be with the pain first. Instead of immediately going to let's stop this to, yes, where we want to, of course we want to move through pain. Of course we want to get to the other side. But let's start with, you know, how, how is it for you right now? What is the pain saying to you? Um, Stop and be with it for a moment. Breathe with it, just like in labor. You know, feel it. What does it mm-hmm. feel like? I don't want to feel it. I know. I know we don't want to feel it, but that might be the first step. Let yourself be with it. And then as you do that, the body begins to relax. Oh, I can be with this. It's not what I want to be doing, but I can survive this another minute. I can breathe with it. So the breathing starts to open up. So you have physiological responses to that as well as mental and emotional. You know, everything starts right. to shift. And yeah, and it's, it seems so small and yet it's very profound and it can, it, I have found it can be the first step in real healing. Not to jump over that. Start with what's here now? How does it feel? Who am I with this? What's it saying to me? And sometimes even to just actually have a conversation with pain, you know, turn mm-hmm. towards it. What do you, what can, and, and ask it, what can I do for you? What do you How want? Can I help you? <laughs> Not what we do with pain. <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, most of medicine today is fight mode. Most of the healing journey, as we talk about, is still sort of in fight mode. But it's such a novel concept to think about embracing it, treating it as uh, something that you have to experience, you have to go through, and definitely as practitioners, you know, first step being, okay, let's be with this pain. Let's see what it's demanding before we move on to more heroic efforts of, of cutting it off or solving it. Where are you today? What has sort of this uh, importance? It strikes me too, like the more I talk about anything, how important our breath is and how little attention we pay to it. For those of us that do yoga, spend maybe that hour of yoga 
doing a really good job with it, but then I can promise you I'm holding my breath at many other points throughout the day. But again, that yeah. just that reminder <laughs> to breathe and exchange air and what it does for our muscles, for our lungs, for our weight, for our brains, for so many different areas of the body is, is just something I hope everybody is latching on to and, and listening to. But, but you have this novel approach. You have this light bulb moment. Where does that leave you today? Well, um, much better, much better off than I was. I'm still in it. I still have thoracic outlet syndrome, but I am able to do some things that I wasn't able to do a couple of years ago just from doing these sorts of things that I talk about, from turning towards pain, from, you know, relaxing more around it. The whole body responds to that and um, trying to understand what it's about and, and dropping the resistance and um, and being with it differently, you know, paying attention to it differently and doing some of the, you know, doing some of the meditations. I also do have a lot of, um, active meditations that I, um, talk about. I have a book called The Pain Companion also that's just out and that talks about, um, ways of being with pain differently. So if we can be with the pain differently, then it can shift. You know, it, it's, when we, when we fight something, we kind of lock it in place. It, it really doesn't have any room to move. So, um, when we're, when we begin to relax about that and let it give it even more room in a sense, which is again, a lot of what I talk about is very counterintuitive, but when we allow pain to breathe and allow it to move, you think, oh my God, it's going to take over. I can't do that. And yet it starts to relax almost like another person and it becomes an ally rather than an enemy. So doing all of these things just on a daily basis, no giant exercises. No, I can't say I did. I took some particular supplement or I did some, nothing specific to point to, but all of those things, you know, all of, okay, how can I be, uh, how can I be eating the best I can be eating for this particular thing? How can I find ways to rest, you know, take little rests during the day instead of worrying about getting enough at night? Maybe I can't. So right. how can I, how can I be with it differently? And I think some of these things seem, obvious, but we don't always do them because we think we have to keep pushing. So we don't always rest. And that's wow. really important. Just stop and let yourself I be. I had uh, one, one woman came to me and said, you know, I feel so guilty about being in pain, which a lot of us do. I feel very ashamed and guilty about our pain and what we're trying to deal with. And she said, because I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing my job. I'm not doing, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. And I said, you know, right now, this is your job. Mm-hmm. Healing is your full-time job and she her whole body she kind of went oh thank you her whole body and there's a reason and i would even argue that there's a reason for that you know there's been something that many of you have already been through that which is why the healing is so necessary now sarah i love your story i think you've affected me definitely and how i'm going to interact in the patient room but for everybody listening today i hope you've been able to latch on to what she's saying not just about chronic pain and being with pain the importance of the breath the importance of awareness the importance of resting and minimizing stress but also just reframing the healing journey in general and how that still needs so much work and so much discussion. And even today, as I meet with people like you and researchers and everybody else, how much is still left to do with understanding the power of our emotions, of our subconscious, of our traumas, of our past injuries and how they present in our bodies today. So to me, this is, this is adding to that story, that really collective story that so many people tell me. And I think it's 
amazing that you're able to share this information with so many people out there today that are suffering from chronic pain. And, you know, maybe going for a medication isn't the first option or even trying a million different therapies. Maybe it's just first being with it. Sarah, if people want to connect with you or just talk to you, what's the best way for them to find you? <laughs> Thank you. The best way is I have a website and it's called it's www.thepaincompanion.com. And uh, on there, I have a blog also called Pain Companion. So if people want to subscribe to that, I, I write usually about every other week. Um, just talk about living with pain and, and I and these kinds of things we've been talking about is what I put out. And I have a YouTube channel also called The Pain Companion. And from time to time, I put out meditative uh, videos that are just to kind of help you relax around it, and kind of be with it a little bit differently. They'll take a minute long. So just kind of a moment in your day for a little rest. And, and again, I have some books out, so um, you can connect me, with me that way. The Pain Companion just came out recently, so that's in bookstores. And I have resources on the website. And of course, I, I love to hear from people. So if you want to just uh, contact me, there is a contact um, page on my website. And I always I always respond to people. So Wonderful. Well, the book for everybody listening today is The Pain Companion, Everyday Wisdom for Living With and Moving Beyond Chronic Pain. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today. And for everybody else, thank you for listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, which is now on Spotify as well. And if you have questions about today's show or want to connect with me as well on Instagram or Facebook, it's at Dr. TazMD. And if you enjoyed the show, please rate and review and share it with your friends. Thank you, Sarah. And until next time, I will see you guys later.